not necessarily you get angry, but you at least get annoyed by it. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit I'm addicted to ice cream or chocolate or potato chips or fill in the blank with a thing that you turn to often, which you know is not serving you very well. Have you ever said those words? Oftentimes when we talk about changing habits, we throw around that word addiction. And it can be something that is very disempowering for us. As if to say, I just can't help it. I'll never be able to help it because I'm addicted. Well, my guest today is going to help us. Today on the show, we have Dr. Charles Smith. He's an addictionologist and the author of Understanding Addiction. No science, that's K-N-O-W, no stigma, N-O, stigma. He's here today to talk to us about how to tell if you do suffer from addiction and what to do if the answer is yes. In particular, listen for the answers to these questions in our interview. Number one, how can you screen yourself for addiction? Number two, how important are family and friends in the process of screening and recovery? And then number three, why do we need to approach addiction without stigma? Here's my interview with Dr. Charles Smith. Amongst addiction, it is interesting that the, the treatments are very similar for yeah. substance use disorder and food addiction. The screening tools would, would be actually the same. And the, we actually have a, uh, I'll go through it with you, a mnemonic, C-A-G-E, CAGE, screening for someone uh, that has trouble with any substance and, and answering uh, yes to any of these four questions in the cage would prompt a referral for evaluation. So it would be no different if it was uh, food, gambling, sex, internet, shopping, uh, one okay. of the things we lump in as process addictions. That, okay. would, that would recommend screening that wouldn't be any different than we would for substance use. Interesting. Okay. What is addiction? Like, how does it get started? What's happening inside the brain that, that kind of establishes that, that pattern? Yes. Uh, when, when we get suspicious of addiction is when the, the use of, of food, the use of substance, uh, or any particular behavior has started to impact our lives. 
be okay. it our per, our personal health, our relationship health, our work health, our financial health, uh, any of those parameters, when they start to become effective, that's when they register on the radar screen. Uh, sometimes that's not apparent to the patient or the individual, but it may be apparent to family, coworkers, or loved ones okay. that, that notice they need some help. So uh, the main mnemonic that we use across the addiction world for screening for addiction is C-A-G-E, the mnemonic cage. Okay. Uh, the, the first component of this would be, have you tried to cut back and were unsuccessful? So that could be cut back from using a substance or cut back from a behavior you were okay. doing. If you've tried them and, and you've tried and you haven't been successful, that's an affirmative answer. Uh, the second one is, do you become annoyed or angry when someone questions your use or behavior? Like, uh, well, you know, are you drinking again or, or that's your third uh, dessert today or, you know, mm -hmm. anything that would question what's your behavior. And it's not necessarily you get angry, but you at least get annoyed by it. Okay. Uh, the second one is, do you feel guilty? over your use. So that certainly would apply for eating disorder, uh, any other process, addiction, gambling, sex, internet. Uh, this behavior causes you to feel guilty. And okay. certainly with substance use, it's very important. Has, has your drinking caused you to feel guilty? Uh, the, the last one would be eye-opener. Uh, an eye-opener would be, do I use or do this behavior prior to an event. Now, certainly for alcohol, it's famous for eye opener wanting a drink in the morning to alleviate alcohol withdrawal symptoms. Hmm. For <clears throat> other substances that may be, I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to use before work, before a party, before an event. But for other substances, it would be I need a I need a kickstart. So you know maybe I'm for gambling. I'm gonna do some scratch off lottery tickets before I go to the casino, hmm. uh, something like that. And anyway, an affirmative answer to any one of those four would prompt recommendation for a, a medical evaluation. Interesting. Wow. Okay, I had a, a couple of questions if you don't mind on some two two Perfect. in particular. Um, with cut, with cut back with the C, um, some, so someone who's tried, like, what, what would you say qualifies as succeeding at cutting back? Is that like, I, I, you know, I went a whole week without doing it. I use less this month than I did last time. How do you know that you've successfully cut back? You know what that, I mean? That's, that's a good <laughs> That certainly is a good question, and it may not be uh, readily apparent to the user. They okay. may actually, they may be actually happy with their success in cutting back or cutting down. Uh, for example, if I were a heroin user, uh, I might be happy that I used half as much this week as last week. But for mm -hmm. my friends and loved ones, that's not going to be an acceptable answer. Right. So is it almost like eliminating, successfully eliminating it from, from your life for a period of time, and then you know that then you've then you've cut back. Yes, and 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 also at this point, 
you know, the, many of these questions are not only the the individual going through the screen. This is his family, co-workers, friends are involved in the okay. answer to these questions. So uh, <clears throat> quite often I won't only have, uh, say, one of the spouses come in treatment, but I'll ask the other spouse, has, has your spouse been successful and ever cutting back before? Is your spouse annoyed if you call him out? Does he seem guilty? when he does these behaviors and, you know, does he ask for an eye opener or need an eye opener? Do you find him having a drink before he goes to the cocktail party? Yeah. Okay. So quite, quite often the individual with the addiction may be too sick to actually answer these questions honestly and accurately. So I, I try to get as much collateral input from family, friends or loved ones as possible. Interesting. So, yeah, I heard that come up a couple of times. So the, the people around you might be a good, a good gauge of whether or not this is becoming uh, a problem. It sounds like to me. Yes. And certainly we have, we have other criteria in American society of addiction medicine. That's actually 11 questions that would, we would take them through similar type things have they had the uh, any ability to cut back or decrease the dose had it interfered with them at work uh, social relationships uh, personal relationships family relationships have they done anything that would endanger either their health or someone else's health driving impaired uh, nodding out at work and did they experience tolerance, meaning they needed more of the substance to get the same result? And did they have withdrawal, physical okay. uh, or emotional signs of withdrawal with the behavior or the substance being gone? Oh, and okay. then, then out of those 11 questions, then we diagnose the substance use disorder, mild, moderate, severe, based on how many affirmative answers we get with those questions. Okay. But that, that comes after the screening of the cage. Okay. And it only takes one of the cage uh, affirmative before we're going to go pro- before we recommend they proceed. And that would apply for gambling, for food, internet, sex addiction, any of those. Okay. So, I, yeah, I would imagine then you could say like, well, I'm not, I cut back on it, but I'm miserable without it. Right. Well, that's, a, you know, that's a good sign that there's an, there's an underlying issue. What about the G? Um, I was curious about that because that seems like a very, you know, subjective to the individual, like feeling guilt, right? It's, that one, I agree with you. That one is very subjective, uh, but I can get collateral information from, family, loved ones, relatives, because they say, look, I can tell when this behavior has been going on because they're depressed or they're anxious or their their mood changes. Uh, But for me to actually say if it made me guilty or not is subjective up to the person. Yeah. And I was thinking as, as I was listening to you explain that, you know, there's probably some signs that whether you feel guilt or admit to it, that that you are, there's some guilt present, maybe if you're hiding the behavior, right, from others, maybe that's a sign. Yeah. I I don't know if you've seen, but quite often the, when you see casino ads or gambling ads or even lottery ticket ads, you'll see that uh, 1-800-JUST-ADMIT. So we are asking individuals, you know, 
be honest with yourself. Is this a problem? Do you feel guilty over it? Has it caused you a problem in any uh, aspects of your life? Yeah. Um, what about for someone? Now, I'm just curious if someone's listening and they're, they're feeling like, wow, maybe, maybe, you know, my relationship with food or, you know, since that's kind of our realm, or I guess even, you know, exercise, right. That could be an addiction that becomes an unhealthy part of life. Um, what if they're thinking, wow, maybe, maybe, maybe this is a serious issue for me. What would you recommend as kind of first steps, you know, um, get, seek professional help right away, or are there some things that someone could do kind of on their own to begin, begin the process of improvement? If they uh, can give me an honest assessment to the, the CAGE questionnaire, if they have any positives, any affirmative answers, I'd recommend professional consult immediately because addiction is a medical disease. Quite mm -hmm. often I get, I get people say, well, you know, this or that. I said, look, if you had pneumonia, you know, you're not going to go read a self-help book. You know, so this is addiction is a medical disease. You know, please treat it as such as if you would a broken bone, as you would pneumonia, as you would diabetes, as you would hypertension. Don't try to manage this because all the way down from nutritionalists with eating disorders, uh, family physicians, internal medicine doctors, sports management physicians can all decide on is your exercise problematic is your eating problematic uh is your use of substances problematic okay got it so yeah i know i asked you my my initial um list of questions uh can it be managed and that probably the answer is no like if it's if it's if it's an addiction no get get help is that right yeah, I, I actually know of no circumstances where it can actually be managed. I mean, I, quite often I think of this one book I saw at Barton's and Nobles one time, and it, it was labeled Controlled Drinking for the Alcoholic. And I said, I don't believe this is going to be a bestseller. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So wow. you, you may as well say the same thing, control gambling for the gambling addiction patient. Uh now, a big problem with process addictions especially happens with shopping, with food, uh, with sex. Those are a part of life for all of us. So in that case, we are asking for management, but we're, at, we're asking for that to be done in a, a controlled environment with treatment so that coping skills can be put in place. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Some things you could just take out, but there's no way to, you know, eliminate food from your life. Um, it's, it's gotta be there. So that yes, I can nor, see. Nor would, you know, nor would I ask the exercise person who had an obvious exercise addiction with shin splints and stress fractures. I wouldn't ask them to remove exercise from their life, but I would ask them to get professional help and involvement cognitive behavioral therapy, coping skills, possibly even a personal trainer involved so that they're not destructive to themselves with this behavior. So get some supervision and still support from, from a professional in those yes. cases. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is it all right if I mention my book? Yeah. This is my book, uh, Understanding Addiction, No Science, No Stigma. It's a uh, not just a how-to book on 
getting clean and sober and treatment of substance use disorders is a why does it happen in the first place? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's uh, it's been out for a couple of months. It's getting some good reviews. People can go to Amazon.com, uh, read the reviews. We have a lot of reviews now. Uh, people are saying that it's helped them. They understand the science of addiction. They understand why family members have had this problem. And they also understand what they can do to help family members uh, through this and help them have normal lives. Yeah. Well, that, that's great because it like we talked about it, that support system or the people around you can, can be powerful in helping you identify the problem, but also then if they understand what's going on, helping to be a solution, right? Definitely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I really appreciate your time, Dr. Smith. This was really an interesting conversation for me. Oh, well, thank you. Once again, I want to thank Dr. Smith for joining me here on the Begin Within podcast. And I hope that was an enlightening conversation for you. I know that it was for me. And I walk away realizing that we throw around the word addiction probably a little bit too loosely when it comes to changing habits. Um, However, it's important for us to approach addiction without stigma like Dr. Smith said, realizing that it's a disease and um, those that suffer from it need to get some professional help for treatment and for recovery. One of the key themes that I think we can take away from this interview, though, is something that Dr. Smith repeated throughout, and that's the importance of our social circle, our friends and our family in helping someone to overcome something as powerful as the disease of addiction, both in helping them to screen for it properly and then to support them in recovery. If that's the case, if friends and family can have that big of an impact in something as powerful as uh, someone who suffers from the disease of addiction, then wouldn't they be powerful in helping all of us to change our habits. Well, of course they would. So um, it's good for each of us, I think, to take a look at our circle, those that um, could potentially be supporting us and making sure that they are on our team when it comes to us trying to change habits so that we can achieve a higher level of health, fitness, and wellness. Who is in your corner? Or is there someone that you care deeply about who should be in your corner. Now is the best time to reach out to them and let them know about the the results that you want, the goals that you have, and why they're so important to you, and how that individual can support you in your journey. If you'd like to check out Dr. Smith's new book, Understanding Addiction, No Science, No Stigma, there is a link in the show notes for you to do so. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Begin Within podcast. I can't wait to talk with you again next week. If you are tired of feeling frustrated and disappointed with fitness and you're ready to get on the path to being the healthy person you want to be, just go to beginwithin.fit and click the Join Our Challenge button. We can't wait to support you in your fitness journey and help you to get
get the results you deserve.